Hi, this is Tony Simmons. Uh, we're here in the News Herald for our Jam Session podcast, and the guest this week is Ford Suze, who's also known as the Surfing Violinist on YouTube and Instagram and elsewhere. Uh, Ford, thanks for coming out today. Well, thanks for having me. We, uh, we really appreciate not just you playing, but giving context to the work and, uh, and the, the educational bits that you added in there for us. Um, tell me uh, when you first picked up a musical instrument. So I was at Covenant Christian School, I believe it was second grade, and I can still remember my teacher, Mrs. Kelly, I believe she brought in some uh, instruments. So she had some music specialists bringing a variety of instruments, and all I remember was the violin picking that up and uh, thinking that I was the man when I saw it on it and made some noise. So I told my parents and my grandmother about it, and and uh, we ended up, I can't remember if it was that Christmas or something like that, got a violin. And uh, I, I remember going to Gulf Coast, it was community college back then. And whatever orchestra was here at that time, I don't even really remember, um, The uh, one of the violinists there uh, would end up becoming my violin teacher. And so I got to see her perform. And I was like, oh man, I got to play. And she was like, I don't take people as young as you. And, <laughs> and uh, so she made an exception and uh, she was really, I mean, just a, such a formative part of my life, just her uh, teaching, just the, her method. I mean, just no nonsense, and it was refreshing. It was just something that really gave structure to my life. Um, Arlene Conrad's her name. She still plays with the Panama City Pops to this day, uh, so she's a first violinist now. And and, uh, and you're so we, backing her up. Yeah, I'm backing her up now. I'm uh, <laughs> So I, I sit back there, and uh, she'll still scold me for not practicing as she should. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, it was so. It was really cool that she took me under her wing, and uh, yeah, I just I fell in love with it. I just remember whatever piece they played, just ringing in my ears that whole night, and uh, I fell in love not long after that with Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto in E Minor, and I dreamed, you know, ever since then I've dreamed of performing that someday, um, and I. I think that someday will remain a someday (laughs) because uh, it's, it requires so much dedication and just uh, hours and hours and hours. But uh, uh, yeah, so I've, I've tried to find ways to incorporate violin into whatever I've been doing. Um, And it's, it's given me opportunities. I've learned a lot through uh, the instrument and through the opportunities it's given me. And, uh, and it kind of was a gimmick for my YouTube channel, just, you know, an aspiring uh, digital renaissance man, I guess, is the way I kind of look at it. Uh, not quite renaissance. More Instead of a jack of all trades, more like a, you know, seven or six of clubs, <laughs> you know, of all, of all trades, something like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's opened up a lot of opportunities and taught me a lot. And I, I think one of the things that on my YouTube channel I try to emphasize is the cross-pollination of, between different pursuits. And so Absolutely. being a surfing violinist, you know, gives you a different perspective on both of those things. Um, so yeah, I, it's been, it's been fun and, uh, and it's been a blessing that even in Bay County, we've, we've always had access to some amount of music education, uh, and the arts and orchestras to perform. And so it's been cool. Well, you also are teaching. And I am teaching now. I'm teaching at University Academy, uh, just a small violin uh, program uh, for the fifth graders. And uh, we're planning on doing something next year. We haven't quite figured out what that'll look like. Uh, But I also teach some um, private lessons after school as well. And as you brought up your YouTube channel, you're also a filmmaker. Could you talk a little bit about some of your efforts in that? I know 
I know you were joking about that uh, you did some uh, gimmick videos uh, early on. That's right. I seem to remember, was was it you that did the one of the, the carpool? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. I actually met Adam Johns on a film shoot. I was a production assistant on Born and Raised. Uh, the film commissioner had gotten set that whole thing up. Uh, that shot down in St. Andrews. Uh, that's that's right. Yeah, and uh, so we were. I was just a little, you know, running around as a as a uh, production assistant. And Adam Johns had stopped by to, I guess, just take some pictures, you know, see what the hubbub was about. And we were like, hey, we should do something. And we did something. And it's not very <laughs> not very common in this town when you say let's do something video related that you actually end up doing it. And we did it. We uh, did a whole season of. Um, the, it was the gimmick was simple. We'll just you know before James Corden did it, we did uh, we weren't singing, but we set up a camera and we had a script and we just you know did this sort of I guess it was inspired by Seinfeld at the time, just a show about nothing. Hmm. And uh, I go back and watch it now and I can't stand it. I, it's, just, <laughs> it's just cringy to the max to me, but it, because it's way too much of uh, the 2009 Ford's riding style and it's just it's way full of itself and. Yeah, I, I can't stand it, but um, it, it gave us a good opportunity. We had a lot of fun doing it. I mean, I, I'm glad we did it. I, I wish we could, you know, get something going uh, like that again. It was pretty fun. Well, you went on from there to do American Indian as a document of your experiences uh, living in India. Yeah. Would you talk about that a little bit? So we started vlogging uh, just on the spur of the moment uh, in 2011, um, around my birthday, I guess, was early 2011. And I just kind of fell in love with this vlogging medium. I was doing one-minute vlogs. We called it one week and one minute. And it, it, I don't know if we ever recaptured the energy we had in that. And because we, we were excited, we we're moving over to India, and it was going to be in a new adventure. And uh, so we just vlogged that whole experience. And uh, I guess maybe two years into it a local coffee shop in Delhi asked if I had a film to show a documentary film. I was like, well, you know, I never thought of anything I was doing as, you know, highfalutin as a documentary. It was just mm -hmm. vlogging. And, but then I was like, man, I might be able to cobble something together from this. And so I edited together about, I guess it was about 75, 80 minute feature film. Uh, and we called it American Indian and we had a premiere there in Delhi and, um, and then we sold it online. And so, yeah, it, and, I think it, in terms of pacing, like the vlog style doesn't really work when you put it into an hour and a half, uh, it just about 45 minutes in, you're just like, Oh jeez, it's just too much. It's just too much <laughs> frenetic, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I did learn a lot from that process and, uh, yeah. And, and I go back and watch certain segments of it and I was like, yeah, that, I think that holds, you know, it's a documentary and it's, I, I one of my issues with the documentary genre is that it's, uh, it can also almost too often dive into this pessimistic sort of cynical way you know there's an issue and and um or there's they artificially impose a plot line on real life that where you know there's a hero and there's a villain and, mm -hmm. and uh it's just the real life isn't always so you know clean and tidy and so yeah i was just happy with the way that we did it because it was it was just more i, I felt real I, I felt like it was not reality tv that it was actually like uh relational media is how we've started to call it. And so from that, we started a, a monthly show that we called American Indian. And it was uh, basically just trying to share a different side of India with foreigners showing India 
uh, in a different light, you know, uh, food, culture, music, film, these kind of things and the people that we met. And, um, it ended up, we ended up with a sizable Indian audience. Uh, more Indians were interested in, in seeing this. They were just surprised to see, cause even, oh man, even in India, like, you know, we, we'll talk, we'll make jabs sometimes about certain cable news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in India, it's, it's interesting. I'll just, I'll put it that way. So I think they were refreshed by this kind of no nonsense tone that it wasn't everything heightened and people yelling at each other, you know, on the airwaves. And, uh, so it, it was, uh, so they took to it. And so we uh, built up quite a substantial subscriber base. Um, uh, but my dad's health took a turn for the worse and we kind of hit some final financial trouble. We just couldn't keep it quite going. So we had to come back. And, uh, so we've kind of been adrift in terms of film content in the mm-hmm. last year and a half, two years. We're trying to find our way and our poor audience of Indians are like, what in the world are y'all doing? <laughs> like, come back to India. You, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've we're we are working on a new documentary though. Uh, I was of, going to ask what your new project is. Yeah, so I've uh, learned from I think you know some of the mistakes I made on American Indian about the pacing, and so we're cutting together uh, a documentary from basically that transition period where we've been kind of grieving the loss of India. Like we really, uh, you know, we we consider ourselves you know we're not Indians. Uh, our, the term American Indian wasn't, it was just a play on words. We never right. uh, considered ourselves Indian citizens or anything like that. We're just India geeks really. And we just kind of, you know, just root for the people and, and uh, just think that there's a lot of misunderstanding across, you know, cultural boundaries. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, in that process, just that grieving process, I've kind of hit, uh, I have some issues with depression. And so this last uh, 18 months has just been a real, slog, I guess you'd say. And so I've kind of been keeping the camera rolling um, and trying to cobble a documentary together uh, that hopefully will be helpful to other people going through maybe grief or maybe just depression or bipolar issues or uh, substance abuse or addiction, uh, anything really in which mental health is a consideration. And so we're calling this uh, film Building a Better Me. Uh, We've been sharing bits of it through the YouTube channel. uh, but YouTube has not been the most friendly place for such topics. Mm-hmm. So um, my channel has gotten demonetized and uh, you know, it's perfectly fine for <laughs> before uh, the, you know, the sporting event video that I want to watch them to advertise a uh, antidepressant to me. That's perfectly fine to monetize that, but it's yeah. not fine to talk about depression because that's not advertiser friendly. So we've had some issues with YouTube over that and, uh, and so we're kind of taking a step back and we just want to focus on the film and give it to the viewers, you know, who can benefit from it. And, uh, and so that's kind of the main purpose for this year is building a better me is what we're calling it. So, well, that's a good purpose for any year. Yeah. yeah. True. Um, and I do look forward to seeing what you come up with. Um, now the next thing coming up for you is playing with pops next weekend. That's right. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got involved with the pops and uh, what you're what you're looking forward to next weekend. So uh, my story with the pops actually goes back a long time. My grandmother was instrumental in helping uh, facilitate some of what uh, became the orchestra of St. Andrew Bay. It really goes back to St. Rosengren, uh, Elaine Matson, um, th- who really just championed this this thing getting off the ground and. Uh, and there were other names too, uh, John Boozer, who was our conductor way back in the day. And uh, there was just, it was a real team effort getting this thing going. And 
yeah, I had some great experiences early on. I ended up being concert master uh, when I was in high school, just for, I, I think maybe just, just a year. So mm-hmm. that was a real great experience for me. Uh, that was when I was, my chops were much more better suited. Um, then I went off for college. So I would come back and, you know, you know, maybe just kind of, they throw me in wherever, you know, sit in and play, sit in and play. And then, uh, then David Ott came to, uh, the Destin Fort Walton area. And he started, um, a new orchestra called the Philharmonic of Northwest Florida. And that was just such a fantastic experience. Um, he brought, you know, some of the best uh, musicians around from Mississippi to Northwest Florida to Tallahassee. And, you know, we'd have some FSU kids come over, you know, call them kids, but, um, you know, doctoral candidates and stuff like that. Right. Really, really fantastic violinist and, uh, and uh, players of all kinds of uh, instruments. So, the Phil was, I guess, my pinnacle as far as you know performing symphonic work. And mm-hmm. David's a composer too, so uh, it, just having his perspective, he would, you know, the kind of explanations I was doing today about Mendelssohn. I mean, a lot of that's inspired by the way that he had this real conversational tone, you know, describing Beethoven or you know this little little piece of minutia that other people would overlook. He even but, does that uh, before the shows, as I understand. Yeah, so he still does with the. He, Conductor. Oh, that's right. He has the conversations with the conductor, and I haven't, I haven't actually gotten to sit on those, but I would highly recommend that because I always loved those parts of the fill, that he would come out and sometimes talk for five minutes about, uh, you know, some classical hero, and you just get a different perspective on their life and understand what the piece meant to that person. Mm. That, to me, is what, you know, really invigorates me when it comes to music is, you know, what does it mean and uh, what, what emotion do we going to get out of this? And so uh, I always just really appreciated that. And we, I think one of my highlights was, well, two, uh, we performed Beethoven's Seventh one year and just fantastic. Um, it, the second movement has been used in like every, the King's Speech is Beethoven's. The only yeah. reason the King's Speech works is because of <laughs> Beethoven's Seventh's second movement. Like Colin Firth is great and all, but it's because that's underneath <laughs> them, like really pounding the point. Um, and then, you know, and they use it in everything now. And, but I, that was the first time I'd ever heard it. I mean, I've listened to a lot of Beethoven since I was a little kid, you know, being the classical music nerd. But, man, when I, pl- when I got to play it, it's just, how can Beethoven make 60 measures of the same note actually sound like something? I, uh, that dude was just a legend. And um, so, yeah, that, that was a highlight. And then we also got to perform Scheherazade, uh, Rimsky-Korsakoff. And, uh, yeah, that's just it, it was fantastic. And that was when I'd, I'd gotten my chops back up by that point. And there's some really, even for the second violin, some really technical stuff in there. So that was really, it was really fun to play. I mean, there's very little like that experience. I'm, I'm a person that has a difficulty going and watching live music, um, uh-huh. especially like big, you know, big musical acts because nothing quite feels like actually performing it when you got the timpani rumbling in your diaphragm. You know, yeah. I don't know. There's just not quite even sub, subwoofers just can't quite i don't know get that feel it's just you're part of it you know and so yeah i do definitely symphony is always going to be i guess a, a part of my outlook on life so yeah uh, but definitely come out to the panel city pops um you can expect i m- the thing i'm looking forward to playing the most is uh grieg i got a soft spot for those romantic composers and classical composers and so grieg's uh Pierre Gint, uh, so you will recognize a few of the pieces from there. So that'll be really good. And and uh, David Ott is going to showcase one of his own pieces, Peter Pan. So that'll be a lot of fun. All right. Well, Ford, again, thank you so much for coming out, and uh, and we'll be following you. 
Everybody look for Ford on YouTube and Instagram at The Surfing Violinist. Right. I'm taking a couple month hiatus, uh, but I will be back strong in the summer. So we'll, we'll, uh, well, and there's plenty of content there for them to peruse. In the oh, meantime. that's true. Yeah, there's over 700 videos on The Surfing Violinist. So if you want to learn about India, definitely check it out. All right. Thank you. Peace.